Welcome to the broadcast. I'm Derek Bradley. I manage education abroad here at University of the Pacific. This week, our guest is Adam Band, who studied abroad in Switzerland. Welcome, Adam. Thank you. Uh, Why don't you start us off by telling us about yourself? Um, Well, my name is Adam. I'm a senior here at Pacific. Uh, I'm studying business with two concentrations in arts, entertainment, management, and marketing. And I also have a minor in jazz studies. And uh, as Derek mentioned, I just got back from a semester in Lausanne, Switzerland. So, Adam, uh, how did you decide to study in Switzerland? Um, well, I came to your office and you asked where I wanted to go and I was like, Switzerland sounds good. <laughs> and so you just looked at programs and the first one that came up was Lausanne. And then it turned out that was the only one that had a business program in English. So the first program I looked at ended up being where I ended up going. So you you always knew Switzerland was kind of an area of interest. How did, how did you first get interested in Switzerland? Um, well, I knew I wanted to go somewhere in the middle of Europe that would be easy to travel to, like the uh, rest of Europe. And I wanted somewhere where I'd be able to go skiing and uh, somewhere that just had, it kind of was a combination of a lot of cultures because it's surrounded by uh, Italy, Germany, and France. All, all the influences come together. So it kind of felt like I was in the middle of Europe instead of just an individual country. Okay. Uh, and which program did you go through? I went through ICEP. And uh, how was that experience of working with ICEP in the process? Um, ICEP, it was it was interesting in the sense that like I feel like they did a lot, but when I actually needed help with certain things, they weren't super responsive. But at the end, everything got done and everything went smoothly. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So tell me a little bit about what classes you tried, what what requirements you were looking to fulfill while you were abroad, kind of how did this experience fit into your degree here at Pacific? So before I went, I found a list online of all the courses in business that'd be offered. So I had a list of ones in French and a list of the ones in English. And obviously I needed the English ones. So I showed the list to my advisor and she helped me fill out the car form, the course uh, approval requests. Mm -hmm. And um, we figured out ones that would fulfill requirements for my marketing major and just upper division business classes that are required for each concentration. So I got I think five or six approved, but when I arrived in Switzerland, some of the courses uh, weren't offered. The uh, list I had was from the previous year, and they, I, I was unaware that they changed them. So I was in contact with my advisor and the assistant dean for the business school while I was there the first week and figured it out because you don't register for classes until the second week of courses there. And then for my minor in music, the school didn't have a music program, but on my own, I found uh, there's a, mu- a separate music school in Lausanne. So I was able to pay and take lessons and have access to practice rooms and such there. Oh, that's cool. So study abroad wasn't required for your major. No. So what made you decide? Like, why did you feel this was important? What made you kind of, there's a lot of Pacific students who don't include study abroad as a part of their four-year plan. So for you, why did it, why did it matter to you? Why was it important for you to study abroad? Uh, well, I traveled before, and like every time I traveled, it just felt like I felt like it was just such a good experience learning about not only the world but myself. And uh, additionally, I was I'm a member of the Powell Scholars Program, so I got uh, funding towards study abroad. So I really wanted to take advantage of that instead of just having it go to waste. What would you say to other students who kind of they're not certain whether or not it, they should study abroad? What would how would you persuade them? 
Um, well, first of all, I know some of my friends have wanted to study abroad, but they're worried about whether they'll be able to graduate on time. Um, for me, well, I, I came in with courses already at Pacific from AP tests and other and doing summer courses and things like that. Um, but even without that, I would have been completely fine. Uh, I could have graduated this, this semester, but um, I just spreading my courses out. So I'm here for my whole senior year. But it, would, it was no problem for me to even worry about whether I'd be able to graduate at the same time as if I didn't study abroad. So if people are worried about studying abroad and not being able to graduate on time, it's really just it's all in your head. It's totally possible as long as you plan uh, far enough in advance and figure out what you're going to take each semester and while you're abroad. So let's rewind back to kind of your thought process before you started the program. What kind of what was going through your head at the time but when you didn't really know what to expect when you were getting over there and you're thinking through all the different things that it could be like when you're over there? How did you feel leading up to leaving for the program? It's like the month or so leading up to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I kind of waited, like waited to the last minute to even start thinking about what it was going to be like and even packing. So like the week before it was just like, oh, I'm leaving in like a week. So I should probably start getting mentally prepared and start packing. But I feel like the school or University of Lausanne, they were really helpful in preparing me. They were really good about contacting me. The Even like right the moment I got accepted through the ISET program, um, I got an email from the director with all the steps. Oh, this is what you need to do to get your visa. This is what you need to do to like figure out what classes you're going to take. This is what you need to do for your apartment. Um, it, he just sent a list and it has, here's the first, the most eight important things you need to do before you arrive. And he would follow up with each person to check in. So I feel like because I had that kind of safety net of someone helping out that much, I feel like that was kind of my... Uh, what caused me to wait so much the last minute to prepare. Now, did you actually get to meet that person who sent those emails when you were over there? Yeah, he was the, He was basically um, you at yeah. that school. So it, they were in charge of all the all the paperwork and everything for um, incoming students because they had about 250 exchange students each semester. So uh, he was in charge of everything um, except planning events for exchange students. There was a student committee that planned that. Talk us through what the experience was like to when your airplane landed like like how was <laughs> yeah. that like because students are going to be following in your footsteps on this so yeah. set the scene paint a picture As for us on yeah all of that so i arrived at like 8 30 in the morning and i get there and it was still dark outside and i was like oh i hope it's not this dark every morning because i have class at eight o'clock and i don't want to be taking the bus and, and so you knew your classes before you even landed why well, I, I saw the schedule online okay. but um i knew the one one the one course i knew i was going to be taking um, was offered at that time so I arrive and I get to the uh, passport line where you had customs and everybody else on the plane got to go through like the EU line and I'm in, or not everybody, but about half of them and we're, and I'm in just in the long line there, there's only one entrance uh, as opposed to like six for the EU line. So I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh wow, I wish I had an EU passport. And uh, so I get out of the airport, get my luggage. I was all worried it was going to get lost, but it didn't. So the school assigned you a Swiss buddy ahead of time. So like there, it was, uh, her name is Fiona and she was, she texted me the couple weeks in advance saying, oh, I'll meet you at the uh, train station in Lausanne and, with, and I'll help you get to your apartment and check in help you get a sim card for your phone and everything so uh she told me where to like what train ticket i needed to get uh to what station but i didn't realize like you just had to buy it to the train station i thought you had to buy in for a specific time so i was so confused using the machine because at that point i didn't realize it had an english option option um so i get on the train and i get off where i need to go but i didn't have service at that point and to, in order to get wi-fi you had to register with your phone number but i didn't have a swiss phone number yet so i just get off and i just stand outside the train station like this huge strange train station i have no idea where i where, like where I'm supposed to meet her, what she looks like or anything. Uh, she found me eventually because she said I just look like a lost tourist. But yeah, she brought me to my apartment. And at that point, I get to my apartment. I I try to knock on the door of like the manager for the building. 
and uh, he wasn't there. So uh, I I call and he doesn't answer. So then we just decide to go to lunch and uh, we go to lunch and he calls me back and he says, oh, you're supposed to make an appointment five days in advance to check in. I don't work on Thursdays. I He's he's like, I can make an exception and come in in like five hours. So I'm just in the city with all my luggage and all my bags and my saxophone and then on the metro that I've, I've never taken a metro um, on my own before. So uh, finally he checks me in and they give you this long form to evaluate the condition of your room. And I decided I would just put down everything was slightly damaged, so that way if I if anything did get damaged, I could I could say, oh, it's already like that. Um, but yeah, so I got checked in, and then um, I went immediately to sleep. I was like, I'll take a two-hour nap, but jet lag took over, and I was asleep for. I woke up the next morning. So, but yeah, that's awesome. That is such a characteristic story for students when they're going abroad. You learn how to kind of troubleshoot situations that you run into that you've never run into a situation like this before. So you just roll with it and it works out in the end. That's awesome. Tell us about the campus at Lausanne. What did, what's your, how was it different from Pacific? How was, how did that feel? So the buildings themselves were just a lot fancier, like architecturally. Um, like the library was this really, it was like this curvy building. So each in the middle of the building, there's like these hills. Um, it's called the Rolex Learning Center. Like Rolex paid for the whole thing, which is probably why it's so fancy looking. And all the other buildings were really unique in other ways too. And uh, like each of them, each of the big buildings, like the business building and like the anthropology building, were, which were some of my English, the business courses in English were, there's these huge buildings. Uh, bunkers that's under as the basement and they have these huge door like uh the door jams or door cells on them are maybe like one or two feet wide they're they're huge so it was just completely different they converted them to computer labs like study rooms down below so it was just really weird vibe where you were studying so um so yeah you got checked into your dorm um were you there like several weeks before things got started or yeah so what did you do during those few weeks so i arrived a month before regular courses started and um, I was taking a three-week French course the three weeks before class started, so I got there one week before that. And it was super bizarre getting there. No, like not very many other uh, exchange students were there yet, so it was like it was weird being like alone and not knowing anybody. I'd never really like had that experience before. Where you're just like I don't know anybody. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of strange, but it was also it was it was just a good learning experience, I think. So the students that were in this French class, did they live in the same dorm that you were in? No, it was weird. So the way it worked is they assigned you a random, like, I, I don't know if it was random, but they, they assigned you um, a different, they have probably like 15 different student housing buildings and they assign you one. Uh, and if you, you could either choose to accept it or not accept it. And then if you don't accept it, you have to find something on your own, not through the student housing. Um, so I got assigned the newest and most expensive one as a single instead of being with other exchange students in a shared apartment. And I couldn't do anything about it. So um, I was actually in the only... No, there was two other exchange students in my building, but they were both really quiet and didn't really like uh, go out to any of the events or anything. Now you did ISIP Exchange, right? Not ISIP Direct. So in other words, you were paying Pacific's housing and meals. Yes. Yes. Um, so your even though you got assigned the most expensive housing, it was free. You didn't have to pay anything for it. It should have Correct. been included in your ISIP benefits. Um, but the way it worked for other, there were two other Americans using ISIP, and they were in like cheaper housing. But they still got the same stipend every month, but they just had to use less so of it. So ISEB worked as a stipend basis. Correct. So it's different at every yeah. university. Some do a stipend. So Correct. this was a stipend basis, yeah, so like which you had to use almost I had all to use of it most for of it for, Or about two-thirds of it for housing, whereas some of the others the had more ICEP money had left over. They only had to use about a third okay. of it for housing. Okay, that makes sense. So they were scattered around these 15 different houses. How many people were in these French classes? Um, so the one I was in, I was in the second 
I was in the second level, um, and I think there were about 15 people in my class, but some of them were local. Like, for example, there was a couple students uh, who had moved to Switzerland from Germany, so they, they were German speakers, but they wanted to, because they're working in a, a country with four national languages, they wanted to improve their French. So there were a couple people like in their 30s taking the classes. One of theirs, they're all super cool. Um, and the rest of them were exchange students. Some of them were only there. They were able to get credits. They only came for those three weeks to take the French course. I think there are four or five students from Australia who did that. So, so was, did you hang out with these students outside of class? Or yeah, did you yeah, only, yeah. Yeah. The first week we went out and did something every night after class since the class ended about one. So we would either go, we went to like a chocolate factory one day. Uh, we went Swiss chocolate. Yeah, Swiss chocolate. <laughs> we went. Uh, we explored campus one day and just went and looked around because there was two campuses next to each other: University of Lausanne, which is like more liberal studies, and then there's uh, um, EPFL, which is uh, Polytechnic University. It's like one of the best universities in the world for that. Uh, so we explored both because otherwise I wouldn't have really seen EPFL. And we just we would go down. We went down to the lake and explored like the downtown area, Ushi, which was right by the lake. Um, so we just kind of explored those first two weeks. We went to Geneva one day after class. So let's go back to the chocolate place. Yeah. I want to hear more about this chocolate place. So you just got to see, it was about an hour and a half train ride. We bought our tickets. We figured out if you buy train tickets in advance, you could get it for like a third of the price. But it's only valid for that train. Whereas if you buy it during the day of, it's valid through the whole day. You could t pick which train you want. So if you miss that train, then your ticket's wasted. Um, so we get, we go to the chocolate factory and it's just, it was, you just got to walk through the whole process and taste chocolate. There you go. That's what yeah. I was waiting yeah. for. <laughs> Tastings. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was cool, but it was almost like, it was still pretty industrial, but throughout the semester we found a couple like small little chocolate shops where it was just like not big, not bigger than like half of the size of a classroom. And they do every, they did everything there. And it was just like, it wasn't packaged at all. It was just like wrapped in like saran wrap. And it was like, it was, you could tell it was just made with like, they're like, oh yeah, our, my neighbor has cows and we get the milk from him. Or it was wow. just like super small scale. Like you could, it wasn't at any other stores, just at that little shop. So this group of students that were taking these French classes, did that last, you're, you're kind of socializing with them, did that last past the French classes? Did you have a group that was there the so, rest of the term? Yeah, a lot of them were there throughout the term and they were people that I spent a lot of time with, either going down to the lake and barbecuing or uh, seeing that other events or organized by the Erasmus network. Um, but when everybody arrived for the first, when, reg when regular classes started, there were so many more people. I feel like those people who arrived the second wave were some of the people I became the closest with. And funny second enough, wave. most of them weren't American. Like actually all of them were not Americans, the ones I was really close, close with. I didn't want to be just hanging out with Americans because I felt close, like felt a connection because of that. I wanted to get to know everybody. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Now, between the French classes and the regular semester, was there an orientation? Um, yeah, I think it was the Friday before classes started, so it was like the last day of French classes. It's like 250 people? Uh, something like that, yeah. Because, well, this one was, I, I can't remember if the 250 was just University of Lausanne or combined with EPFL, but I think it's just University of Lausanne. And they had two different ESN committees that planned events, but they kind of worked in tandem a lot of points. But yeah, the orientation, a lot of it was explaining stuff that I'd already figured out the first two weeks, like getting where to get your metro pass and things like that. But no, it was helpful. They explained like about the sports center. You they, you could join, you could do all the sports and everything for free. They had, because the gym was like maybe 50 feet from the lake. There was just like a bike path in front of it. So they had like this little uh, mar marina that where you could like take out uh, like little sailboats or kayaks and stuff. And it was like $5 for like three hours to use it. Did you ever do that? Yeah, we did the kayaks a couple of times. You had to do training to do the sailboats, but it was only in French. So I didn't, I could have just gone and sat there, but I wouldn't have like actually understood what I was doing. But... So once the semester started, talk me through a typical day in the life 
in Lausanne. One thing that was really different was my schedule in terms of classes because because none of the housing is on campus. I think that's part of the reason they do this. But the classes, each one only meets instead of like one or two times a week or two or three times a week. It only meets one time a week for like a four or five hour period. So I only had five classes during the semester, but so uh, most days I only had one or no classes. Most of them, I'd say, well, some of them were like 8.30, um, but somewhere in the afternoon. So I would get up and I didn't have a lot of homework at all since most of the course uh, evaluation is based off a final exam. So I didn't really have a lot of homework. So most mornings before class, as long, unless I had an 8.30 class, I would just go walk along the lake from my apartment to the university if I had time or take the bus if it was early in the semester and it was still cold. And I would get to campus and just meet up with people before class, have lunch, uh, eat by the lake, um, just bring sandwich because food was so expensive there even at the cafeteria. Go to class and if we need to do shopping or anything, we'd take the metro downtown, which is like four or five stops on the metro from university. University was really nice. It had three metro stops, so you, you could get off at any of them that you wanted, whichever was closest, and it was never a far walk. Um, and then in the afternoon, the last two months I was there, every, I'd say six out of seven nights a week, we would go down. Uh, to the lake, to Lake Geneva, and to the big park, Parc de Bourget, and there's like 50 barbecues, and you just bring charcoal food and just barbecue and uh, hang out with everybody until the last bus leaves at midnight. So talk to me about the classes. How were they different from Pacific classes? How are the professors different? What was the adjustment like there? The professors were a lot less personable. It's like they were there to teach, and that was their job. Most of the classes I had were a lot bigger than my courses here at Pacific, and so a lot of my business classes have been 20 or less students. Some of the classes there, like one of my classes had 120 people enrolled in it, but the class is optional. It's optional to go to classes there since it's not based off attendance. It's almost all final exam. So one of the classes, the class that I had 120 people enrolled in, uh, the classroom actually only fit 40 people because they knew that they didn't need a classroom for 120 people, and the class was never full except for the first few weeks. The exception to that was one class I had that only had 10 people in it because the professor had just gotten back from sabbatical and he hadn't really advertised the class at all. And he was way more personable. It was really like he would take us out for like he after our last class he took us out for beers at the student bar, um, and it was just he was just he wanted to get to know us as individuals instead of oh it's just another another student. So he 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 was it was great. Which of the classes was your favorite? Probably that one because we got to go actually see like we got to go see businesses like and it was cool going to factories in Switzerland like how neat and orderly everything was because we were doing operations management so that was that's what that course was and it was uh, inventory control in like process and uh, layout so seeing how everything like the, how uh, efficiency was maximized it was just cool seeing like hands on instead of like diagrams in a textbook. So you've already talked about this a little bit, but what were some of the kind of the hidden cultural differences, not the things that are on the surface differences, but things that kind of different values perhaps or different observations that you made about the culture being different over there? I definitely think that it was way easier to talk to random people well, as long as they spoke English, but like they were way more open to having conversations with strangers. I feel like here it's easy to get like a shallow, have a shallow conversation with someone you don't know, just like surface level. But I feel like it's harder to get become like deep friends with someone. Whereas there, I got close to local people really quick. Like in the first week, I had met uh, a local named Nick, and his family had a chalet like at a ski resort. Uh, and he like he was like, oh yeah, we'll take you and a couple of the other exchange students that I haven't met at all, but you know them. We'll take you up there for the weekend at my family's home, and we'll just go skiing. And I was like, okay, cool. This is wow. that would never happen with someone I just met like in the U.S. So things like that, it was just completely unique. They're willing to go out of their way to make 
I don't know if that was because I was a um, exchange student because I wasn't local, but it, it's it just seemed like everybody was so friendly. Mm. That's awesome. Where did you travel to? Oh, we went. I went a lot of places. Uh, we went to Venice for a weekend. It was like the second weekend I was there. I went and visited family friends in Salzburg in Austria, which was really nice because I didn't have to pay for um, housing or food. Uh, they've they've come and visited us a few times. We've gone and visited them. So it's we they they were it's just it's just great. It's a great uh, relationship we built with them over the years. Um, we I went to Hamburg in Germany to visit another family friend. Um, who it was the daughter and son in that family had both come on exchange and stayed with my uncle um, as he was the host for them. So it was cool to go visit them because I've spent, I spent six months with each of them, each of them in, at my home. Um, so it was great to go see what their life was like. And they were, it was, they're, they're such a hilarious people. It was, it was amazing. It was a relaxing weekend. I went for Easter break. We went to, we did France. So we, we first went to Nice we went to Strasbourg, Lyon, and then we went to Bruges in Belgium, and then we went to we took the train finally to Amsterdam for King's Day. What did you think of all these places? It was it was amazing. It was crazy how different the culture, the food, and everything was at each place. Yeah, which one of those places stands out to you the most? Besides, besides Lausanne, Lausanne is my favorite place. I went just the the whole vibe there and the way the people are. Um, we was Alsace in France. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet. Uh, someone who was part of the uh, committee that planned all the events for students. Uh, his family is from Alsace, so he took me and a couple other exchange students there and we stayed at his family's home. And uh, it was really cool because those three days we were there, the Tour de France happened and it went through that city and it was the first time it gone through that little village since 1953 and it just happened to be those couple of days we were there and his grandfather's home that we stayed at was on the route. So we just like stood in the front yard and watched all the bikes go by. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. My gosh. So we stayed on a wine. His family had a vineyard. So we just stayed in the middle of the, in the wine country where you're just like super isolated. So it wasn't a big city, which I really liked. What did you think of Bruges? It was really nice. We were only there for a few days, but it was, it was so beautiful. Um, the architecture was really unique because it wasn't really affected a lot as much, as much as other cities during World War II. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the buildings survived and it just made it more unique. How about after that? Other other countries that you went to? Well, we went to Prague the week before exams because we had one week break, but I only had two exams out of my five classes. So I was like, oh, I could miss a week and go to Prague. So we went. I went for five days with a local um, student from Switzerland, and that was just that was really unique. It was it was a lot different than I was expecting like Eastern Europe to be like. So it was beautiful though. What would you say was the most challenging part of the whole experience? I think when I initially arrived, just figuring out public transportation was was a challenge because I didn't really know the system at all, what buses went where, what metros went where. So um, I, uh, my Swiss buddy had a sec had another Swiss buddy the semester before who was also American. Um, so the second day I was there, he got she gave him my contact information and he invited me over for dinner. And he was like, oh, I live here. And I was like, how do I get there? And he, was, he, and he had to just walk me through step by step because I had, it was literally, I just had to hop on one metro and get off like five stops away, but I had no idea how to use, you got your ticket through an app unless you had the monthly pass, which I ended up getting later. Um, but yeah, just figuring out the whole grid was, 
a huge challenge because I'd never, I'd, I'm just so used to driving everywhere. So let's say someone is going to go to Lausanne in the spring semester or, you know, upcoming in the future and they're listening to this podcast. What advice would you give them for like specific tips that you would give as kind of the insider knowledge about your experience? Get to know locals. Okay. How did you do that? I feel like most of the people I met were just through luck. Um, like my friend, who the one who brought me to all is awesome. He actually came here the week before semester started and spent time here. I missed uh, one of the classes for it was the practical operations management uh, to go. Uh, I forget where I traveled to that weekend, but I missed it because it was a Monday class. And uh, the next week I I got there and he he had missed the class too. And he came up and he was like, "Do you have a group yet?" Because the week the day we missed, we, they assigned the groups for projects. And I and I we so we ended up being in a group together because we both missed that day. And uh, just chance by that is how I got to know him. I, otherwise, I might not have got to know him at all. The other local, I forget how Nick, the one who we brought me skiing, I can't remember how I met him, but it was just something completely random as well. And then. Uh, I ended up working or helping and learning at a brewery while I was there. And I met that guy just at a bar. He, he heard me speaking English and not, he, he has family in America, apparently. Um, so we just ended up talking. I just ended up talking to him and then I it just completely random. It's not like it was anything organized at all. So I think you just have to put yourself out there and just talk to people um, when you go places instead of just sitting and minding your own business, talking to who you're with. So just kind of talking to strangers as weird as that sounds kind of is how I would get to know locals. So if they're looking at classes um, based on either the classes you took or classes that you knew other students had taken, which class do you think a, f a future student should take or which professor do you think they should try to get a class with? The registration wasn't until the second week, but for this class, it wasn't listed on the website. You had to email the professor ahead of time to get approved to take the class. So I showed up, the, it was personal development and I showed up the first uh, day in she was like, oh, the class is full. If you didn't send me an email and get a response back, then you don't have a spot. So stand up and leave. And I was like, oh, OK. And there was in like five of us stood up and they were all exchange students because we didn't know we had the email. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that class, it, I heard it was very helpful because a couple of exchange students did get in it. Um, but other than that, the professor that I had for practical operations management, he was actually from Finland. Do you remember any of their names? Yeah, um, Professor Hamry. Okay. Um, he actually, he did a lot of like the uh, logistics and layout and uh, efficiency planning for CERN in Geneva uh, with the with all the physics and stuff going on there. So he did a lot of the efficiency stuff, working with the power grid and things like that and inventory. So. Did you mostly study in your apartment or was there a favorite study spot on campus? To be completely honest, I didn't study that much throughout the semester because the way it was interesting because a lot of the local students were scrambling at the end to study for exams because class was optional. They didn't go to a lot of courses and then they have to study because they didn't learn the material in class. So because I went to pretty much every course or every class for each course, um, I didn't really feel find it too necessary to study throughout the semester unless we had a small assignment, which usually wasn't even graded. Um, so, but at the end of the semester, I went to uh, the Rolex Learning Center, the funky, bumpy building, uh, and that's where I would study. It was just it was relaxing because you're just sitting on a hill and the chairs are like built so that the legs are different heights, so it feels like you're still flat even though you're on a hill. So it was just fun to study there because it was so different. Okay, how about uh, your favorite bar? What bar would you recommend to students who are going to go there? Favorite hangout spot? Um. Well, I think there's two. The first day I was there, the other, the American who was my Swiss buddy's other buddy the semester before, uh, he brought me to this bar called Barbarous, and it was like a pirate-themed bar. So the whole like bar was like a big pirate ship, and then they had karaoke every Tuesday. Is it close to campus? Where how would a it student find it? it was okay, downtown. but there are also two bars on campus that you bars. would recommend. Yeah, they were really nice. They yeah. had so I'm a huge craft beer nerd, and they had uh, like 120 beers on like 
one bottle and on top at one of them. The pirate bar we'd go to every Tuesday for karaoke because it was hilarious to hear French people sing American songs. And uh, so we just found that to What be. was your go-to karaoke song? Uh, we, we sung Country Roads a lot. There you go. <laughs> um, and then the other place we went to a lot, well, it's actually where I met the brewer. It was this craft beer called La Maison Bière, which was, it was, they had like 80 beers on top or something ridiculous like that. And it was just cool because you just get to meet all these. I met a, a professor from uh, Princeton there and he was teaching like a summer class and he was just like, oh, are you American? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm teaching a summer class here. I have a staff meeting in an hour. So I'm preparing. And he's just sitting there drinking a beer, reading his papers. And I was like, yeah, that wouldn't fly in in the u.s how about your favorite restaurant a restaurant recommendation for students we didn't eat out a lot actually because it was yeah. so expensive like even going to mcdonald's for example would have been like ten dollars for the cheapest burger did you always go to the same place to buy groceries yeah there was a grocery well i usually the first week i was there i went to the one my buddy told me about because it was closer to my apartment but it, throughout the semester i found it easier there's a the, the two big grocery stores are migro and cope and there was a migro in the middle of campus so i would just get groceries after class or before class or um yeah so it was just nice not having to go out of my way Um, what insider tips do you have on things to see in Lausanne? Um, the first week I was there, since I didn't really have a lot to do, there's the it's the Olympic capital for the Olympic Committee. So they have the Olympic Museum, which is really cool. So they have like all the torches from every like I think every Olympic Games, all the medals. And they had a cool a lot of cool memorabilia from athletes like skis, bikes, and stuff that were used in like gold medal um, for, by the gold medal winners. So. Wow. Um, Going down to Ushi by the lake is just absolutely amazing, which is right near the Olympic Museum. And then the park that we went to every night was my favorite place by far. And just um, around, like, even near Lausanne, there's like eight different ski ski stations, ski resorts, um, all about like an hour and a half away. So that was, like, in the winter, that was like what I spent every weekend. Doing. Which one did you like the best? Which What, what recommendations bit, do you have? It was a little bit far. So the ski weekend that we went on with the through the exchange committee, um, it was at a place called Tion, but it was part of Cato, uh, the Four Valets. So uh, Zermatt, which is really, really, not Zermatt, um, Verbier, which is really, really famous. Um, it was It's part of the four, so you could ski across to get to all four, but it took like two hours to get just to this, the fourth one over. But that's like where the free ride, free ride world tour and stuff, uh, the, ch the championship happened this year. So we didn't get, I, a couple of my friends went and watched it, but I had class. Um, so... If you like skiing, like that's it's one of the best places in the world. Uh, is I just ended up buying skis on like the Swiss Craigslist and then selling them before I left because it saved me so much. And then as opposed to renting for fifty dollars a day every time, I bought them for like a hundred dollars. So, uh, what food do you miss? There's like just small things from the grocery store that I miss. Like they have this, it's like chopped up bacon that's already chopped, so you don't have to cut it up when you put it in pasta and stuff. Called Lardon. I miss that just because it was convenient. Uh, I miss creme fraiche, which is like. I don't really know how to describe it. It's like a, they have it here. It's like a kind of like a French sour cream, I'd say, but less like sour. And here it's like the texture of sour cream, but there you could buy it like in a liquid form. It was like liquid yogurt almost was the texture of it. Um, and then I missed roasty, which was basically just like chopped up potatoes with bacon and Gruyere cheese, like on top of it. Um, I became a big fan of Gruyere after we visited Gruyere in the cheese factory. So how do you feel like um, this experience had an impact on you? I think it just it made me think more about like what I want to do in the future in terms of business because of I should have talked about this more when we were talking about classes. But one of the classes I took was new trends in product innovation. It was only for half the semester because it was only half the amount of units as other courses. Um, but the professor, like this whole 
concept like of the class was instead of like focusing on making profits like create products or like business models that focus on making a making a positive impact in the world instead of pro, instead of focusing on profits and he says and he was talking about how if you aim at making a positive impact on the world profits will follow because you're you're doing the right thing for the right reason so um i feel like that kind of is something that i took away and i'm able to apply to my life too like instead of focusing on what's better for me like what's better for the people around me what's better for everything as a whole kind of like utilitarianism i guess <laughs> Um, describe what you think the the program that you chose is the type of student is best suited for. Like, what type of student is best suited for following in your footsteps on this type of program? Um, I don't know. I feel like it could work for a lot of people because I was going to say when you first asked that just now, I was going to say it's for people who are kind of outgoing and want to want to meet a lot of people. But at the same time, because there's so many events organized, like speed friending, where they just had tables lined up for 200 people to like, and then one side moved. It's so it was so easy to meet people. So I feel like it's really like it'd be good for people if you're social, introverted, extroverted. Um, I feel like it would work for people from pretty much any uh, line of social uh, preferences. Um, but I feel like. If you like the outdoors, it's definitely for you. You could take the train, go up to the top of a mountain just in views and hike, um, walk through like we the the whole side of the like the mountain that's like along the lake near Lausanne. It's a world heritage site where all the vineyards are. So you could just go after class, take the metro two stops or train two stops and walk through the vineyards because it's not like it's private, but they have like little paths going through all of them and you just get to the top of the hill and like looking through all these vineyards at the lake. And on the other side of the lake, you see France. So if you like nature and views, like it's hands down, like even skiing, it was some of the best views I've ever seen in my life. So. Wow. That sounds really amazing. So what's next for you? I'm currently in the process of applying for a Fulbright Fellowship. So if I get that, I'll be doing a master's in the UK. So fingers crossed for that. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you to all of our listeners out there. You can find more information about study abroad on our website, go.pacific.edu slash pacificabroad. You can follow us on Instagram at pacific.abroad and Facebook at pacificabroad. Thanks to Pacific Tiger Broadcasting and Camille Khalili, our producer. Thank you, Adam, for being with us today. Um, a reminder to all of our listeners out there, you can afford it. You can graduate on time. You can go. So come find out how by visiting us in the Bechtel International Center. 